Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to Los Angeles. Boom. That was a good one. That was a good one. I know when I edit this, it's going to be so good. <laughs> You can tell. You can tell. You've done it so many times. You know. You know a good intro. Totally. When when you hear one. Yes, I do. This is a very important episode. Agreed. Agreed. We get asked about this a lot, and honestly, I thought eczema was just something that a couple of people dealt with. Didn't really. This this is when I was young and dumb. Didn't understand. Same. But as I've become a woman of the internets, I hear. And I see people's photos and how much of a struggle eczema is. And this episode is basically going to clarify like literally every question that you probably have about it. Totally. And we put out, um, you know, a, a question on our Instagram just to see if anyone had any questions, any of you guys. And there were so many. So clearly this is something that is really common. Um, something that, you know, a lot of people suffer on different levels. Even if you know a lot about eczema, I still think you will walk away and learn something from this episode, um, whether it's like a new product that you should try or maybe like a trigger that you had no idea. Um, Dr. Henry, oh, I should say, we have <laughs> an incredible expert on the episode who is just dropping some major knowledge, Dr. Michelle Henry. Um, yep. So Dr. Michelle Henry is a Harvard-trained Mohs surgeon. She's a board-certified dermatologist. Um, she's currently a clinical instructor of dermatology at Whale Cornell Medical College. Um, she actually, I think, specializes in like skin cancers, but obviously, you know, she has extensive, extensive background in all, um, you know, in dermatology in general. Um, she went to med school at Baylor College of Medicine. Go Texas. <laughs> um, she did her uh, residency at Mount Sinai in New York City, where she was chief resident. Um, and then, you know, following residency, she did a fellowship in cutaneous oncology, Mohs micrographic and reconstructive surgery with the Harvard Medical School Department of Dermatology. So, she is like she is 100 I mean, percent that bitch I can't, let's just put it out there like i'm sorry yeah that's there you go dr henry there if you you're go listening to this and i hope you are i say that with love like she is the hbic obviously and she is about to bestow some amazing knowledge here just everything she talked about inflammation the fact that you know uh like chemicals aren't the devil but like there are certain things that you should be aware of if you think you're dealing with eczema or have been a long life wow a lifelong eczema patient Mm -hmm. um she talks about 
uh, CBD and what she thinks it's really great for. And then even just like the 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 process of which you should be applying your skincare and how you should be doing it to really ensure that you are doing it in the best way possible for your eczema. Like it's just, it's so simple, but I think when you hear her actually like say it and explain why, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Totally. I should be sealing it all in this moisture. Totally. So she gives some great product recommendations as well. So if you are kind of in the market looking for products to help uh, with not only just eczema issues, but inflammation issues, I want to do like a series about inflammation where we break down what inflammation can cause. It is the root of all evil. Yeah. Trust. I recently became obsessed with inflammation and I'm like, I'm changing my diet. Like I'm completely changing my lifestyle. Like this, this woman is going through a lifestyle change right now because I used to just like crave sugar all the time and I always wanted sugary stuff. And like, granted, like I do have a little fish food from Ben and Jerry's in the refrigerator right now. But like, you got to live, you got to live a little. Inflammation, people. It's the cause of all of your skin issues so dr henry is going to break it down and we hope that you freaking love this episode because we do dr henry welcome to los angeles thank you thank you for having me we're so thrilled to have you we've been chasing you down we know you're a busy woman such a busy woman it's, we slid through with her DMs. Thank you. Thank you. I have been swamped, buried with work. So I am so grateful that you find me. You can slide in my DMs anytime you want. <laughs> I'm so glad that you found me. We are so excited to have Dr. Henry, um, as you guys know, as we said in the intro, so accomplished, really respected within the industry. And when it comes to eczema, she's just going to break it all down for us. But before we get into the eczema chat, we have to ask... What's on your face, Dr. Henry? Yeah, so what's on my face today? So I'm a little bit acne prone, and I'm actually using um, a prescription retinoid called Arslo. And for moisture, I am using Tatcha, the dewy um, skin cream. I really like it. It's one of my favorites. Usually I wear it at night because it can be a little bit oily in the day or a little bit shiny in the day, but right now I'm loving it, so I'm using that. And for my makeup, I'm using actually Clinique foundation and um, Clinique eyeliner. So my eyes water with everything. I'm super sensitive. Um, But because this one is allergy tested, it's fragrance free. It's all the things we know about Clinique. It works perfectly and keeps me from crying all day long. So that's what's on my face. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad you brought this up. Um, I I love mascara and I test a lot of them. And I think for the longest time, I just... I always thought like if my eyes were itchy, it was just allergies in general. But then I was like, wait a minute, this might this might actually be tied <laughs> to the mascara I'm wearing. So I get a lot of questions and, um, you know, our lovely Sarah Tan over there, she loves her eyelash extensions. So she never has to worry about that. And she always looks perfect. But um, I'm glad you brought up the, the eyes watering thing because I've been getting that so much lately. Like, oh, does this makeup transfer I feel like my eyes are always watering I'm like well may not it may actually be your eyes like something's allergic there so big deal for me at least I'm also the same I can't wear certain um, mascaras either the Clinique mascara is good and there are a a ton of others but I'm sure we'll dive into have you have you pinpointed what ingredient typically makes you allergic personally no not personally but you know some common ones fragrance is really common some of the preservatives are really common and you know a lot of eye 
products will have a lot of preservatives because they're going around the eye and they want to keep it safe and bacteria free. Um, but because of that, some of those preservatives can be um, really strong irritants. Um, so that could be an issue. All right. So let's just jump into uh, the eczema talk. It's eczema awareness month. This is, you know, something that I think is way more common than people even suspect. And I think through social media, people have been able to connect with other people that are experiencing similar symptoms or have the same issues in terms of, you know, finding the right skincare and makeup and want to consult a doctor. So just right off the bat, what is eczema, Dr. Henry? So eczema is a term that we use a lot. So eczema is actually a little bit more of a descriptive term. So eczema is kind of an umbrella term for a collection of conditions that give you dry, itchy, red skin. Um, Probably what we all think of most commonly when we think of eczema is atopic dermatitis. So that's the kind of eczema that we see in children often. You can have it, you can present in adulthood, but often in children, sometimes you grow out of it. Sometimes it's a lifelong condition. Um, There's also eczema that we see from, we call it contact dermatitis. So we can see that from allergies from let's say fragrance or detergents that you're using. There's dyshydrotic eczema, which is the eczema we see on the hand and you'll see like little blisters. It can be really uncomfortable, really, really painful, very itchy. Um, I see a lot of those. There's um, what we call neurodermatitis or eczema. So itchy scaly skin from rubbing. That's a really common one. Um, We'll see it on, um, you know, anyway, a lot, sometimes people with anxiety will rub, 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 and we'll see it there. Um, there's numular eczema, which is really common, which I have both. I had atopic dermatitis as a kid and now occasionally I'll get numular eczema. Numular literally means coin-like. And so at any age, you can get a a round circular coin-like patch. It's terribly itchy and that's numular eczema. So that's another form of eczema. Um, there's one that some call it eczema, some don't, but it's called seborrheic dermatitis, greasy scale on the scalp very common, some categories is eczema. And then last but not least is what we call stasis dermatitis. So that is kind of like eczema on the legs from like swollen legs. A lot of people will see that maybe their parents will have that, um, but it's really quite common. Wow, no wonder so many people have it. There's so many different kinds. So many different types, but classically when we're talking about eczema, we think about kind of like atopic dermatitis or kind of contact allergies or hand eczema. Yeah, I, um, I'm a part of a lot of uh, Facebook groups and you know one of the biggest questions that gets asked is about eczema, like especially on the face, especially in beauty groups when they're talking about skincare, Um, you know, holy grail products, things like that. There's so many people that do deal um, with eczema on the face that can't use specific products, um, which I think we definitely want to tap into in a minute. How do you typically diagnose eczema? Is Are, are there things that often get confused for eczema? Yeah, so there are a lot of things that get confused for, for eczema. Probably number one is psoriasis. So psoriasis is a totally different condition. Um, you get thick scale. It can have like the silvery component on the scalp, sometimes on the elbows and knees. Um, it can itch, but often it doesn't. It's not as itchy as eczema. So sometimes you can differentiate it that way. Um, another one that gets mistaken for eczema sometimes is actually, um, fungus. So fungal infections can look pretty scaly, um, and they sometimes get mistaken for eczema. Those are probably the top two. Okay. And then what, what is actually happening when you have eczema? Sarah had this question and I removed it and I'm like, why did I do that? I'm an idiot. (laughs) So what is actually happening to your skin that's causing this itchiness? So it's all inflammation. 
it's all inflammation induced. And so your skin is compromised. So those who have atopic dermatitis, they actually, it's a genetic disorder. They're, they're, it's a, it's in, it involves a gene called filaggrin. And because of that, their skin is compromised. And so they don't hold moisture appropriately and their skin barrier is not intact. So they're more likely to get inflamed. And so with all of that's what they all have in common, it's inflammation. So whether it's inflammation from a product or an allergen, so something that you might be allergic to, um, or even there's even mechanical eczema, which comes from like the wool from your clothing. So a lot of people with eczema, me included, can't wear like wool sweaters. So if you're someone who wears a wool sweater and you just want to claw your skin off, that's kind of a mechanical, a mechanical trigger. There are tons of triggers. Fragrance is a trigger. Um, again, I said detergents, but detergents are a big one. Um, so it's this genetic um, predisposition for some. Um, it's a combination of the genetic predisposition and triggers. And then for others, even if they don't have atopic dermatitis, any of those triggers can cause it. So that was actually going to be our next question about triggers. Typically, when someone comes in, let's say, and it's clear that they are suffering from eczema, what are like your questions for them? What are you eating? Uh, what detergent are you using? Like what's kind of like the most common of the triggers that are causing the eczema? Very first question is what moisturizer are you using? What soap are you using? How long do you shower? Because often it's just like poor skin maintenance. So we really want you using rich creams, creams that contain ingredients like ceramides, hyaluronic acid, all of those ingredients that help to fortify your skin barrier. Um, because that's what really protects your skin from inflammation um, on the inside and the outside. So it's about fortifying your barriers. So I want to make sure they're using a moisturizer. Um, if a moisturizer is not enough for them, that they're using something even like an ointment. So I love things like Aquaphor. I love Vaseline. I love, um, there's one that I use personally called Johnson & Johnson Baby Oil Gel. I actually hate baby oil. Sorry, Johnson & Johnson. But I love the baby oil gel because it's more occlusive and it's easy to spread. Um, whereas I feel like baby oil doesn't do much at all. Um, but you can mix that with the cream to make your cream more occlusive. So it's all about making sure that you have good moisture, good hydration. That if you're not using soaps that, that strip your, your skin. So as dermatologists, if we can pull some soaps off the market, um, that would be ivory, unless you have really, really oily skin. Um, dial, I like it for people who have like um, maybe infections or whatnot, because it can be somewhat anti um antibacterial, but they can really strip the skin for those who have eczema. You know, I like things like CeraVe hydrating cleanser. I love Dove. I love any of those Aveeno that contain the colloidal oatmeal because that's really, really going to draw in some um, moisture. But those are the kind of things that I ask first. Then I ask about things like, um, what have you introduced? Any new makeups, any new detergents, any new fragrance? Does your partner have a new fragrance and you're snuggling and now you have a rash from snuggling? Um, you know, are you in a new micro environment? You know, is, has your work environment become drier? Because humidity plays a big role in eczema as well. And then we do talk about diet, you know, um, more in kids more often, I'll talk about diet more readily because, you, you know, soy allergy can, can contribute to that. You know, certain milk proteins can sometimes contribute to that eggs another common one that can contribute in adults um not as much but it's still a conversation uh and then some of the same conversations about soy milk eggs um pollen can contribute stress you know and someone who has lifelong eczema you know the body has such a tight mind body interface and stress is a pro-inflammatory state um and so if you're stressed out you know you're creating an environment of inflammation your eczema of course is going to be triggered um, so those are kind of all the things I think about. Is there any research that's been done um, that can explain like why, 
you know, obviously so many children have eczema, but then a lot of them, um, you know, don't experience it as, as adults, but some of them do go on to have lifelong eczema. Is there like some sort of connection? It's a little bit the luck of the draw, you know, many, again, many will have it into adulthood. And when we have it into adulthood, there's something called the atopic march, where it kind of goes from your face to, you know, kind of the, the flexor surfaces, the extensor surfaces down to the hands. Um, and so we see that um, in some, but some of it is just kind of the luck of the draw. Why some get it and why others don't, we don't know exactly. Um, of course, if you have family members who have more severe cases, you're more likely to have a more severe case. Something else is that's interesting is that we see um, a higher incidence of eczema in the U.S. than outside of the U.S. Um, so there are going to be some, there are some strong environmental factors that are playing a role. Um, and so let's say that someone um, was born outside of the U.S. and they move here within about a decade or so, they start to see that their risk for eczema also increases. So there are a lot of environmental factors that play a role in A, why you get it, um, why you have it long-term, why yours is more severe than others. So it's just a, a balance of environmental and, and genetic. So there's a lot that we have to learn about it. Very interesting. Oh, sorry, Kirby, I just saw this. Can you clarify what occlusive means when you were talking about making your creams more occlusive? So occlusive means something that doesn't allow um, water to um, surpass it. <laughs> so something like petrolatum is going to be more occlusive than, let's say, a. it's going to just lock in moisture more than, let's say, a lotion. A lotion is less occlusive than an ointment. Um, so you want something that's going to be just going to lock in that moisture and not allow, and not allow water to um, transpire or pass through it. Would you say like a creme would be more occlusive than like a lotion? Absolutely. So for my, um, and, and, and they have, lotions have more water. So I always tell my eczema patients, no lotions for you. You know, we always want you to use a cream or a creme. A cream um, or a creme. Prefer, Love it. <laughs> we prefer that for eczema patients because it is it's all about like waterproofing your skin. That's what you want to do is you want to waterproof your skin. So the water can't go, get out. So we keep all the good things in and we keep all the bad things out because more occlusive things are going to also provide um, uh, more resistance to the outside uh, and keep all those um, potential triggers, environmental pollutants, dirt, oil, debris, all the things that could potentially trigger you, keep them out as well. I love this. That's amazing. Would you say that uh, wearing um, like an occlusive moisturizer with hyaluronic acid, uh, like if you're using a hyaluronic acid serum, like that's important? Oh yeah, absolutely. So hyaluronic acid is really great at drawing in moisture. So I always call it the moisture, the the, the magic molecule, um, because it really absorbs a thousand times its weight in water. Um, but it's good at holding it, at drawing it in, but it's not necessarily occlusive enough to hold it in. So the perfect combination is your hyaluronic acid, which is more of a hydrator. It's going to bring in water, and then something that um, like a moisture is more. Moisturizers tend to be like more oily. They have ceramides. So ceramide is a natural, although it's not. You know, we don't call it an oil, oil per se, but it is a lipid. And so it helps to kind of lock in moisture. So that's the perfect combination is to have something that's a hydrator and have something that is going to be a little bit more occlusive to lock that in so that you hold that moisture. So you want to bring in moisture and you want to hold in moisture, which is why a lot of oils, you know, some oils are emollients, emollients to soften the skin. Some oils are more occlusive. Um, so that's why it's important. That's why if you put on like just an oil, but your skin is really dry, it does nothing. Because all a moil, an oil is, it's not actually um, hydrating your skin. It's just locking in moisture. But if there's nothing to lock in, there's no purpose. Um, so you really need that combination of a hydrator bringing in moisture, bringing in water, 
and then something on top of it to lock it in. Okay, so we asked our listeners um, if they had any questions, which they had a ton. Um, And one of the questions um, regarding triggers is um, some of our listeners experience period Mm flare-ups. Is that common? And why is that? Yeah, so absolutely. Hormones can affect eczema as well. That's one of them. I'm glad that you asked that. That's one of the triggers I did not mention. I said stress, but not hormones. But yeah, hormones can absolutely trigger eczema as well. And if you think about, you know, hormones, depending on um, um, which hormone is kind of peaking, it can be an inflammatory state. You know, that's why we break out. You know, it's it can be an inflammatory state. And so we know that our hormones are kind of intimately linked with our skin and can affect our skin pretty significantly. And so it's not shocking that some do see um, a flare in their acne with um, hormonal changes. Is there anything you can do like leading up to maybe your period if you know you have like a big event or whatever and you're like I know that I need my skin to look good anything to sort of you know yeah combat that? You can be just really religious with your skincare. It's all about just hydration 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 make sure you're using so at night I tell my patients pump up your humidifier you know at night you want to mix your moisturizer with Aquaphor, Vaseline, that oil, that oil gel. So you make that nice occlusive barrier so that your skin is less likely to get compromised. Um, another question we had was uh, whether or not you can use chemical exfoliants and retinol after you have a flare up, like after it's kind of calmed down. So yeah, so you know, everyone's eczema is different, you know? And so sometimes it is a little bit of trial and error. When we list ingredients to avoid if you have eczema, we often say things like glycolic acid, we often say retinol, we often say um, salicylic acid because they're exfoliative and they can be irritants. However, um, and that's for people who are really severe. So if someone's really severe, everything triggers them, then they're going to want to avoid it. But not everyone is really severe. So if you're someone who's more mild to moderate and you know you have long periods where your skin's quiet, it's okay to introduce those sorts of ingredients, but you have to be very, very careful. Um, you wanna look for the most gentle in the in in those in in those categories so for instance um i like glycolic acid more than salicylic acid for these patients because glycolic acid is also humectant so it draws in water it's going to be less likely to be as irritating as a salicylic acid when you look at retinol you may want to try retinol before you try retinoid you know retinol is going to be less likely to cause irritation Um, when you try those retinols you want to try retinols that are going to be a little bit um less irritating so you know, science has gotten better, technology has gotten better, and a lot of these retinols are packaged in ways that make them less irritating. Um, so like Elastin, Elastin is a position dis- dispense brand, um, but their particular retinol also has some antioxidants, it has a lot of hydrating ingredients, and it's encapsulated in such a way that makes it less irritating. For an over-the-counter version, um, Olay actually did a really good job with their retinol to make it less irritating. L'Oreal has a new retinol um, that has been formulated to reduce the level of irritation. Um, So you can find retinols, but um, if you're someone with eczema, you always have to have running in your back of your mind, has this been formulated for tolerability? So you can have those ingredients, but low concentrations to start, all about finding things that are formulated for tolerability, and then always, always, always put your moisturizer on top. Another question from our listener, can water be a trigger? And if so, how does one navigate water being a trigger for <laughs> eczema? It's like you use water for everything. Yeah. So yes, well, not not consuming water, but water on the outside can be a trigger. And that's because, you know, really warm water is still leaching moisture from your skin. So the way we can't get away from water, you know, and some kids, we will use non-water cleansers, you know, 
kids are, you know, they have their sebaceous glands aren't pumping. They're not as, you know, oily and stinky <laughs> as adults. Um, they're not collecting as much dirt, oil, and debris. So we can limit their showers, of course. We can use waterless cleansers to keep them clean. Um, for adults, it's a little bit harder. So what we do is we just modify our water exposure. So short baths, you know, I always tell my patients, you know, it's cold, you're itchy, you want to get in a hot shower and just like clear your mind and it feels amazing, but it's the worst thing you can do for your skin. So, you know, keep those showers under 10 minutes, under five minutes if you can, lukewarm water, not hot water. So just limit your exposure to water, you know, no long baths, unless, um, you know, something else that can trigger eczema is actually bacteria. So if you have, if you're noticing that you're having some, you know, bacteria, sometimes what we'll do is a little bleach in a bathtub of water. Um, you know, that's a little controversy now because the concentration may not be high enough to actually kill the bacteria, but we do believe that it is still providing some an, um, anti-inflammatory purposes. So I still do it for my patients. Um, but it's all about kind of limiting your exposure to water, not too long, not too hot. We're so glad you brought up the bleach baths because we had Alicia Yoon, founder of Peach and Lily, on the podcast several weeks ago. She has eczema. She's been dealing with it lifelong. Um, and we were asking her, you know, like, what does she do for flare-ups? And she's like, so I'll take a little bleach bath. And I wish you could have seen our faces. <laughs> I, we were like, like holding our ears up to the screen, like, wait. <laughs> We've, we've been beauty editors for so long and no one has ever mentioned bleach bath to us. I was like, she's, that's gotta be, she's, we're not hearing her, right? <laughs> no, it's really common. We do it even for kids. We tell them don't drink it, but you know, a quarter cup of bleach and a full tub of water. And essentially what we're creating is pool water. That's what we're, right. in, we're in the pool, you know? Um, and so as long as you don't drink it, you're fine. Um, but it really does help. Incredible. Love it. Sarah, we thought we knew so much and <laughs> we don't know anything at all. No, we know nothing. Completely wild. Um, okay, so let's talk about treatments. Um, I think people really just want to know ingredients to avoid, especially when it comes to, I mean, obviously this is a beauty-centric podcast. We have people here listening about what's new, what to try, what to buy, things like that. But they want to know, like, if I'm buying makeup or skincare, are there ingredients that I generally should avoid when it comes to purchasing these products? And what would you say to that? Yeah, so the big, big, big one is going to be fragrance. You know, fragrance is a common trigger and we have fragrance in everything. And it's also important to look for fragrance-free instead of unscented. Sometimes unscented can have masking fragrance. Although uh, it's labeled as, un as unscented, but fragrance-free should not have fragrance at all. Um, so that's an important distinction to make. So you want to stay away from that. Um, you know, some of the things that we do to keep our products safe, unfortunately, can also irritate our skin. So a lot of the preservatives, you know, a lot of those, the parabens, like methylparaben is one that we use. Formaldehyde is another one that we'll see in products to, you know, keep it from growing bacteria, but also can be a big problem on our skin. So those are probably some of the top ones. Um, you know, those ingredients can be discussed that if you're particularly sensitive, things like, um, like the salicylic, you know, glycolic and whatnot. We, I love those ingredients, but, you know, use them, um, you know, judiciously if you are someone who has um, eczema. Um, but yeah, fragrance is a big, 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 big one. You know, other drying ingredients, things like, um, you know, sodium lauryl sulfate. So those, those more harsh surfactants, there are a lot of uh, like um, smarter surfactants now. For instance, CeraVe just made a a hydrating cream to foam cleanser. So a lot of folks with sensitive skin can't use foam cleansers, but this one is using a surfactant that is made with some amino acids and it makes it a lot more gentle. And it starts out as a cream 
And so it's something that, you know, a lot of like eczema patients can't, um, can't get the benefit of a foam cleanser to help lift their makeup, get rid of dirt and oil and debris. But this allows them to because it's more gentle. So some either a smart surfactant like that or a, um, a, an SLS-free product um, is going to be good. Um, yeah, those are kind of the things to think about when you're when you're looking at products in terms of what to avoid. When you talk about fragrance, I mean, we should, Sarah, have a whole episode. We should have a whole month about fragrance. I mean, this is the controversy of, I think, the century. And, and as you have stated, fragrance is an irritant to people that have eczema. Um, but it's not just synthetic fragrance. It's also, would you say, like, you know, natural? Natural fragrances can absolutely cause it. You know, so a lot of like, you know, people will use citrus for their fragrance and citrus can, can cause irritation. So you got to be really careful with even like natural fruits can cause irritation too. If we think about natural fruits, a lot of natural fruits are basically, you know, glycolic acid is just cane sugar, you know, papaya, strawberry, all of these fruits have enzymes. Um, and outside of the fact that they, that they can be just irritating in and of themselves, they're also kind of exfoliative. So natural fruits, when people are doing DIY things at home because they think they're safe, they're not always safe. Um, like I always say, anything that's effective can also cause problems, you know? So if you have a natural product and you say, oh, it works so much, it's just a matter of time until you reach a level of toxicity or, you know, a level where it causes irritation. Um, so you have to be careful with it ever you use. But yeah, in addition to causing eczema, you know, citrus fruits can cause things like what we call um, um, phytophotodermatitis. So it can make you really sensitive to the sun and you can get a really itchy rash that's also like deeply hyperpigmented. We also call it margarita dermatitis. Um, because people have, after going out, their margarita drips down their arm. And so that's a really common one that we see as well. Wow. That has happened to one of my ex coworkers. And we, <laughs> I'm not kidding. We couldn't figure out what was going on on her leg. It basically her margarita, like it was literally, literally a margarita dripped on her leg. And then it looked like she had a burn kind of like, is that kind of what it presents as? And we were like, what in the hell were you doing last night? Like, we don't remember you tripping or falling. And then she went to the doctor and she was like, okay, this is the most random thing ever. But apparently I have this form of dermatitis from like the, you know, interaction. I was just <laughs> mind blown. I love that you brought that up. I love getting that one in the office because then they think you're magical. Yeah. Like, you know, I had margarita this weekend, yeah. you know, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's really, really That's common. so funny. Wow. I actually wanted to ask, like, are there treatments, um, you know, outside of like prescriptions, like like lasers? I mean, I, I, I obviously don't know, but are there any treatments that you would do in office for someone that came in? Yeah, so we use sometimes UV light. So light box therapy is something that we can commonly use. There's a laser called the eczema laser that could sometimes help. Um, there's a laser that I use sometimes called the Aerolace laser. I use it a lot for acne, but it's somewhat anti-inflammatory. Sometimes we'll try that as well. Um, outside of those, there are injectable treatments and oral treatments as well. But in terms of like uh, procedures that we do in the office, those are the major ones. Light, UV light is somewhat anti-inflammatory, which is why, although we don't recommend it because skin cancer is worse than acne, but which is why people go on a vacation and they say, oh my God, I was on vacation and my acne is so much better because you were on the beach and the UV light is somewhat anti-inflammatory, but um, the risks of it far outweigh any acne treatment that it's giving you. But that's why we use UV light for um, a lot of conditions, eczema, vitiligo, psoriasis. We use UV light because it, you know, um, this whole field of photobiology because it's somewhat anti-inflammatory. You know, with obviously uh, the internet now and WebMD and all of these different um, tools where people can sort of self-diagnose their own, you know, 
eczema at home um people are probably trying to do that before they you know go to see someone like you but at what point should someone come and see a dermatologist or come see a doctor if they are um, experiencing what they think is eczema yeah so if you've been treating anything for a month you're not seeing any improvement come in because one's eczema could be someone else's skin cancer or psoriasis and psoriasis is a systemic condition so it can affect your joints it can affect you know, your overall health. Um, so that's something you want to know about. Um, there are different scaly rashes on the body. There's one called my mycosis fungoides, which is a true skin cancer. And then um, you can have squamous cell or basal cell cancer can both in different forms present as scaly areas on the skin. You know, fungal infections can prevent as, as scaly areas on the skin. So there are a lot of things, some worse than others that you could have um, that we don't want to delay treatment by continuing to do something that's not working for you. So if you try a treatment for a month, it's not getting better or it's getting worse. Let us see you so we can make the um, appropriate diagnosis. You wear makeup. You're obviously wearing Clinique. I, I, do your clients come in and say, you know, Dr. Henry, what kind of makeup brands, you know, what which ones can I wear? What do you tell them? So some of my favorites are going to be, I like the Clinique line. Um, I also like VMV Hypoallergenics. They're great and they have a wide range of products. They have a wide range of skincare lines. I believe they still have like detergent, um, but VM, VMV hypoallergenics um, and, and they're just lovely people as well. Um, but that's a great line. Um, who else? Um, Bare Minerals. Um, so those kind of like powder makeup, so powder foundation that's made with more like, that also may have some sunscreen, zinc and titanium dioxide. It's gonna be more soothing to the skin, less likely to cause irritation. Um, so Bare Minerals is another one that I like. Um, those are probably my top three. I think Physician's Choice is another one. Um, you know, I love multitaskers like tinted sunscreens. So like CeraVe has a tinted sunscreen. Neutrogena has a, a foundation that's also made, to, made for sensitive skin. So it's something else to consider. Um, skin Better Science has a nice sunscreen that's also tinted. Um, so those are some of the, the lines that I like that are... Um, great for the skin, but also um, take into consideration any sensitivities. So you wouldn't necessarily say, you know, um, to someone who has eczema, uh, who maybe they're trying to wear or find a good makeup brand and are trying to shop from like the more clean and natural lines, like that's not necessarily going to be better for them than... It, it can be because some of those clean and natural lines may not have some of those um, preservatives. But then again, every individual is different. So again, if it has, you know, there are other things that can trigger you, like the like the citrus we discussed can trigger you. Um, so there are many, and you know, just because it's natural is not necessarily a hundred percent like foolproof way to avoid any triggers. Um, but it is nice to stay away from those known triggers, those those that formaldehyde, those parabens, those things that we know may trigger us um, a little bit. And oftentimes, a lot of the natural products are, tend to be fragrance free. Um, because they are thinking about sensitivities as well. Um, so it does help, but it's not 100% foolproof slam dunk because, again, you can have irritation. And then when it comes to skincare brands, um, you mentioned, you know, like CeraVe. What are some of your other, you know, recommendations to your to your patients? So CeraVe, I love La Roche-Posay. La Roche-Posay is great. A lot of their products are made with this spring water for um, that has prebiotics in it. Um, and that helps to, you know, we talk a lot about kind of like the microenvironment on your skin. We know bacteria plays a, a big role. It's all about balance. And some those prebiotics are kind of like good bacteria food. 
And so it helps to um, create more good bacteria to help suppress the bad bacteria that might cause a flare. So I'm a huge fan of La Roche-Posay. Their Lipocar cream is really great as well. Um, Vichy uh, also has some good products um, made with thermal water, um, which is gonna be super hydrating as well. Aveeno, lots of um, um, oats in their products, which again, um, can really bring in moisture. So that's another one. Vanny cream, lots of simple ingredients. I use that one a lot for um, adults and kids with eczema. Um, fragrance-free as well, hypoallergenic. Those are probably some of the bigger ones that I really like. Look at all these drugstore brands. You don't need to spend a lot to treat your eczema. Yeah, especially for the body. You know, on the body, we're using big jars, you know? And, um, you know, I really, you know, it, it would be cost prohibitive to have a big jar. I, I love the Tatcha, the, the dewy skin cream, but that would be cost prohibitive to use on the body. So most of the um, ones that I use on the on the body when you're covered in eczema, they're drugstore brands that work perfectly. And in terms of cleansers for the body, you know, cleansers, that's a place I like to save a few dollars because you're literally washing it down the drain for eczema. Now, if you're someone with acne and you need you want some of those actives a little bit, it's worth spending a little bit more. Um, but on the body, I really want it to do no harm. So I don't want it to strip your moisture. And we really don't need anything super fancy for that. Dr. Henry, I feel like you're going to have to come back and do a whole episode with us about the microbiome <laughs> because I think, um, you know, as as beauty reporters and editors, like we've been talking about the microbiome for years at this point, but I think it's just now becoming more mainstream and I'm personally getting more questions in my DMs like, is the microbiome a scam? Like, is that like a real thing? So we'll have to have you back to talk all about the microbiome. I know you briefly touched on it and the good and bad bacteria, but we need a more in-depth like analysis of all of it. Happy to, anytime. And then I'll, also for acne, because it sounds like you've got a lot of experience there too. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then microbiome plays a role in acne as well. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to. All right, so this will be part part one. Yes. Of part, of part of ten, a 10 part series with Dr. Henry. <laughs> totally. um, before we uh, Before we get to Kirby's question, um, are there any seals that we should look out for on products that, um, you know, will let us know that they're, you know, safe for those with eczema? Yeah, so the National Eczema Association is like the big bad one. <laughs> That's uh, you know they they do really great research on eczema. Um, they they interact with with, um, with physicians a lot, so they have really good data. The National Eczema Association is a big one. You know, um, um, the American Academy of Dermatology will see on some, um, but National Eczema Association is the one that I often look for. Um, there's another one by the Association of Allergists, but I can't think of the name right now. Um, but the National Eczema Association is what you're going to see on your Aveeno, um, on all of those, especially for kids, you're going to see the National Eczema Association. You know what I was surprised? I was um, unboxing a bunch of stuff yesterday, and I was surprised that Dr. Paracone had the eczema seal. I I was like, oh, look at them. Like they really like want the extra mile. It was really interesting. And, and I was reading about, it was um it was a brand that's focused on um, cannabinoids. I can never say that word, Sarah. Yeah. I never, yeah. I never say, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I can never say it properly. Um, I It's like a tongue twister for me. But um, so they just launched this brand and it's, you know, CBD in general is supposed to be like really calming and, and moisturizing for the skin as well. But when I saw- And anti-inflammatory. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. And so when I was reading about it, they were like, we really made this line 
like the the root of it was to be anti-inflammatory like that's why we created it and I thought that was such a better way to market that that particular than you know when people market CBD these days they're like weed it has weed in it like that's like what they basically are saying and but yeah I just was so impressed that they had that seal on there so good for them yeah you know it's interesting like I feel like um in many ways, I think CBD is one of like the most overhyped ingredients ever existed because people are claiming it, it it helps with everything. But there are some areas where I think it works. And I think that in dermatology, it's one of those areas. I think that it can be anti-inflammatory. And I think the eczema and psoriasis literature does show some improvement better than like when people say it works for joint pain. And there's not good evidence for that. But I think that, you know, for the skin and I actually think for anxiety, um, a lot of my patients swear swear by it. And so I, I can't quote any robust studies, but my anecdotal evidence of some hundred number of patients that swear by it, I do think that there's some efficacy there. And I do think that it has some anti-inflammatory properties. So I, I agree with that. Uh, I know this is gonna be a 12 part series with Dr. Henry. She's just gonna like be on every week. <laughs> We're like, and next week with Dr. Henry. Um, okay, so we wanna end our episode. This is really up to interpretation. We always like to ask our guests, what is your best piece of beauty advice? Ooh, there's so many levels to this question. I know, I know. That's what makes it fun. My first <laughs> one is um, be patient with yourself. That would be my, my first one is be patient with yourself. You know, what's the quote? Beyonce wasn't made overnight, right? Or <laughs> whoever your like beauty icon is was not made overnight. You know, be patient with yourself. Um, the second one is... Um, of the same vein, um, and I say this a lot, is that, you know, you get to decide. Don't bind yourself to all these, like, trends and, like, you know, what the beauty establishment has told you is beautiful. You know, you get to define your own beauty, um, and there's power and strength in that. So, um, and then my last in terms of just like skincare and routines is consistency, you know, um, so many patients come in, they're like, my acne's not any better. And then I'm, I'm upset because I always want their acne to be better. And then I ask them if they're using their creams and they're not, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, it's like saying, I'm still hungry, but you didn't eat your food, you know? So you have to actually do the work and consistency is important. You know, sometimes we use a cream and we switch in a week because it's not working. You have to do the work. You have to give it time. And unfortunately, we have to be patient. Those would probably be my top three. Those are so good. I love that. Dr. Henry, we've come to the end. Thank you so, so much for giving us your time. We know you are a busy, busy woman. But uh, like we've said already, <laughs> we're going to have you back on um, for many an episode. Um, where can our listeners find you? So you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Michelle Henry. My website is Dr. Michelle Henry. Kirby and I are booking a ticket once we're allowed to once we're allowed to fly and travel again. Once she pops out this baby, we'll bring little baby Christensen with <laughs> yes. us to New York and all get together and have dinner. She'll, it'll be her first derm check, skin check. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Dr. Henry, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Everyone listening, we're going to put all of Dr. Henry's information on the website so you can go and just click the link and go hang out with her, slide into her DMs, ask her questions. I'm sure she would love to get back to you. As for us, you can find Gloss Angeles on Instagram and Twitter at Gloss Angeles Pod. Look us up on Facebook and join our thriving Facebook group. It's Gloss Angeles, obvi. And then visit our website, www.glossangelespod.com. Dot com. Send us a note, check out the episodes, and we will talk to you next week.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 